1: We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to We Say Things episode 69. My name is Sundstein. Joining me, Cinderin. This is sponsored by ExpressVPN. They were very adamant that they wanted to sponsor this specific episode, Cinderin, for reasons unknown. But thank you. Very much, Senator. How are you doing on this lovely? Week? I'm
0: good. You, well, you? are really loud, aren't you? Just then, are you just louder today than usual? Are you, Testing. That's like,
1: no, fine. <laughs> are
0: you like everything's fine. Just uh, just super excited. I am really excited. You love episode sixty nine. Congratulations to us on getting so far. Um, yeah. am uh, this is gonna be um, uh, this is gonna be a beefy one, guys. So hang in there. I think this will be a pretty long episode. We've got a lot to talk about today. Uh, hmm. Some good stuff, some maybe not so good stuff, uh, but I think we should. Uh, it's it's so just long that in. I
1: had to delete part of my NBA talk today. I know this is gonna crush a lot of people. Oof, very there will unlucky. Be, there still will be a little news, but it's gonna be quite brief uh, versus what I wanted to talk about. So. So,
0: I just want to say I'm so happy we still have time to at least cover some of it. Yes, That's perfect. Uh, uh, but good. first
1: things first, of course, thank you to our amazing patrons. Uh, those that are in the in InBrush tier specifically will be reading your names off now. Thank you to TI in New Zealand, to Zan Xavier, real life Papega, Nate Fico01 Ham Scroats. The fuck kind of name is that? Bacon, no, not that bacon, the other bacon. Lick, Puco, I support the broomhead. SharkTM, Hoey988, Xbox Sex Enthusiast, Freshly Seasoned Goat Balls. I like how those two are just next to each other. Uh, change will happen and a poop feast for 20. Cinderin.
0: In an average lifetime, the average American receives 31 prank phone calls. Danes can't afford one. What's that <laughs> supposed to mean? <laughs> <laughs> ben Broomhead pronounces in Bruges as in Bruges. Ben Jackson pronounces it correctly. <laughs> That's true. That's good. Dop, Lula, Chusnick, Garlic, Team Broomhead. Fane, underscore man, I, Sindarin, personally believe that Ben Broomhead is the chillest and coolest dude I have ever met. I've never met. And I know Sun's fan agrees. Dude, we should have read them the other way around. So you could say I, Sindarin. Oh, no. Remember. This is all Pitch planned. Black, Fellowship of the Ping, Terry Tip, Wooden Aftertaste, Dun Talk The Coward, Dyslexic Lawyer, Anonymous, and Ronnie Keel. Ronnie Keel's always last. Isn't that, is that good or bad? I don't know. Uh,
1: Ronnie Keel, let us know somehow. If you like being last, I can make you first. There's no rhyme or reason to this. I'm just, other than laziness, in all honesty. But thank you to our patrons for keeping this show alive, along with our amazing sponsor, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But first, Cinderin, have you heard of Steve Nash?
0: I definitely have. I can't tell if you're being sarcastic. uh, I have. have. He's a basketball player.
1: Where's he? Do you know where he's from?
0: Uh, Nashville.
1: Okay. And anything else?
0: Um. All right. So Steve Nash. He, he's been part of some lyrics of songs I've heard. I oh think. my
1: god! All right. Anyway, Steve Nash was a prolific NBA player. Uh, that was on the Phoenix Suns. He was a Canadian, one of the most popular players of all time had a back-to-back MVP season with the Suns, and of course the Suns never won a championship with him because the NBA is rigged, but that will leave for another day, of course. Uh, but Steve Nash uh, is now the coach, the head coach with zero experience for head coaching position, or assistant coaching for that matter, for the, I was going to say New Jersey Nets, for the Brooklyn Nets, cinderin
0: which yeah. has
1: personalities such as Kevin Durant, the guy who couldn't win a championship on his own, so he joined the best team of all time. And Kyrie Irving, who believes the world is flat.
0: So. Okay, but the more important thing here, above all of that, is why do you call your team the Nets in a game where it's about keeping the ball outside of your net?
1: But you're putting it in their
0: net. So then call it the scorers.
1: Senator, I don't... I don't think you should ever own an esports organization. You might Thank come you. up with a name like Digital Chaos or something garbage I like that. <laughs> I come up with
0: something better than the Nets. I'm pretty the sure ne- about that. Well, keep in mind, it the Nets
1: wouldn't... was a thing like 40 years ago. So maybe back then it was cooler. Okay, I mean, what about the Suns? Oh. If you think about it, it's a terrible name. It's literally the Sun. The yeah, Heat? Better.
0: The Miami better. Heat? You think Heat is a good... I, mean, I think all of your current suggestions are better than Nets so far, yes.
1: What's the worst name? Okay, we should do a tier list on the NBA team names at some point.
0: Imagine a a soccer team called that.
1: I I can't. It's the same logic. uh... It's like,
0: yeah, you keep it out of your own net and you need to get in the other one. It's just a shit name. What about the balls? (laughs) Yes, (laughs) even that is better.
1: (laughs) Okay, just wondering. All right, so moving on to the episode. So. I wasn't sure how to approach this exactly, but this may may seem a little weird. We're gonna read off the entire post that Valve made. We're gonna split it up so that people don't get sick of my voice. Of course, uh, it's essentially. Are you gonna read it
0: in your normal voice, or are you I, gonna read it in your dramatic voice? Because if you read it in your dramatic voice, people will get sick of it after one minute.
1: I was I was not planning on doing it on anything okay, other than my normal voice, but now that you brought it up that it would annoy people, it makes me want to do it more now. But oh, yeah, regardless, that's how you are, uh, Valve has responded. Holy shit, Cinderin, Valve has finally responded uh, to the community regarding the DPC season that is to come. Uh, we've kind of split it up between that and the Dota TV slash streaming uh, news. So let, let's talk about the first thing, which is the DPC. So again, this is going to be a bit of a, a long read. Um, we've heard a lot of the complaints re- recently about the state of the DPC, and we agree that there's more that we should do. We wanted to use this blog to walk you through what happened before, what our thoughts were, and what we will do going forward. Spring 2020. Once the extent of the COVID-19 pandemic became clear, we posted our plans to delay the international and started pre-booking arenas for various alternative dates and countries around the world. We then began researching how to execute the international based on how, different, how the different pandemic scenarios could play out with the hope that we'd be able to host it as soon as possible. Since the spring DPC events could no longer operate anymore, we started reaching out to the organizers to see what they wanted to do going forward. Some of these organizers shared their desires to run third-party events to cover the period from March through the end of summer. Summer 20, 2020. How do you want to split this up between you and me? You keep going. Okay, You're doing no, great. I, I'll do the summer 2020 and you do the rest. Summer okay. 2020. As we approached the middle of the summer, the vol- volatility of the pandemic had grown significantly and we became very concerned about the impact it would have on future DPC events and the international. The global situation meant that cross-regional play would be unlikely for a period of time, and we have since seen scenarios globally in other competitions where teams from certain countries had to be excluded after qualifying due to abrupt travel restrictions and complications. Americans can't go anywhere, Sindarin, unless it's Ukraine, yeah. apparently. While we had, that was not part of the quote. Just to let you guys know. <laughs> 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 and then you're not the <laughs> I would love for them to just sprinkle in a little couple things like that just to spice it up, you know, but anyway, while we had already assumed that having a crowd for the DPC events was not in the cars, we wanted to at least have confidence and be able to bring all teams together for cross region competition. We felt that was a very important component of how we allocate DPC points for the international. We were also unsure of when the international itself would happen. And given the significant lead time needed, the increased spread and the virus made it harder to model out a time frame with confidence. The potential for the DPC season and its narrative feeling too detached from the path towards the international was negative for us. Doing that would also necessitate a DPC point decay system, which in and of itself isn't a bad thing, but having to abruptly introduce decay mid-season if the landscape changes has some additional downsides. Furthermore, we had also received some feedback from a couple of organizers that were either worried about the quality of the broadcast being lower or reluctant to want to operate DPC events in the fall altogether. While neither the cross-region competition nor the relative distance to the international are absolute requirements, we felt the DPC as both the function of the international and also as a coherent product for fans would be better served by holding off on them for now. Given that, our plan was that we'd make the upcoming months open and clear for other leagues and events to operate. Our approach historically has been to want third-party tournaments to be able to exist outside of the international, though the degree of that has been fluid over the years. Demands from fans and players for more structured circuits to lead to TI increased. Our hope was that we could both achieve a better and more coherent relationship between DPC and TI by approaching it this way as well as still allowing for third-party events to have an impact, with the overall end result for fans still being that there would be entertaining content to watch in the fall. I'll give you this pair This last section, and If you're not paying attention.
0: Oh, you want me to read everything? Still, you don't want to finish talking about this one first.
1: I mean, do you want to break it up that way? That's fine as well.
0: That's I guess we fine. should read the next one. Okay, moving forward. Soon after we announced that they were not immediately proceeding, that we were not immediately proceeding with DPC as planned, we received a lot of negative feedback from fans. We think that a lot of the points that were raised were reasonable criticisms toward us, especially because we did not communicate what our intentions were and what they could expect in the future. Oof. That, it doesn't say oof there, guys. Thank For you. this upcoming competitive season, there are going to be at least four third-party events and leagues in the EU CIS, three in China, and a few others that are still in the preliminary planning stages and are not able to commit at this time. However, there are still going to be a lot of teams, casters, organizers, and fans around the world that are not going to be meaningfully served based on the current trajectory, and that is our fault for not pushing on those and supporting them enough. With that in mind, we've started reaching out to many more tournament organizers to offer help and financial support in order to be able to create increased coverage globally for the remainder of the year. We expect that these events will be gradually announced over the remaining season as, they, as soon as they are ready to communicate to fans and teams. Another piece of feedback we got from players, as well as fans, was wanting more clarity in what we were thinking were the likely dates for DPC and TI to resume. Our outlook right now is that we're anticipating the start of the DPC to be in the first month or two of 2021. Our hope is that by the, end, by the time the first DPC league concludes, travel limitations will be more predictable and spontaneous restrictions will be less likely, thus allowing for majors with cross-region competition to happen. We're also operating under the assumption that the most likely outcome is for the international to happen in Stockholm in August 2021. While we have other countries as backups, we recognize that fans would be upset if we moved it to another location if the time savings weren't meaningful enough. (gasps) Uh,
1: Thanks for watching this episode, (laughs) guys.
0: Really appreciate it. (laughs) Can I give my two cents first on this section? Yep. Because there's something really unique about this. In my opinion uh, about the this exact section that I just read out is yep. how much responsibility valve takes and how much they admit fault it's not that they haven't done that before, but I feel like it's really spelled out here that they feel like they need to address to the fans that uh that they have dropped the ball a little bit, which to me is really interesting, not just because they admit fault and it 's like you know some people will be like finally valve, whatever it's more that it kind of sets an, a level of expectation going forward for, first of all, communication, and secondly, how seriously they take the competitive scene in Dota. Um, so this, this section, to me, has me more hopeful than any of the other stuff, just because of like the agency that it puts on them, the way mm-hmm. they wrote this. Um, yeah, that's okay. the big thing for me. Here. So
1: the, the stuff that I read... My section, as we'll come to call it for years to come, uh, it was a whole lot of nothing. <laughs> it was just like, this is what happened. Um, it w- wasn't a lot of content. I was literally just I, I, the reason I wanted to read it is because that I wanted to illustrate that it, I, I read a whole lot of nothing, <laughs> you know. <laughs> your paragraph, like you said, finally talking about stuff that they're doing, uh, admit fault, kind of, uh, it seems to be coming from your perspective a little bit stronger that they've admitted fault. Uh, but uh regardless let's talk about what this means so Mm -hmm. ti post we thought that ti would be postponed to like quarter one right so uh we hoped at least right the way that i'm looking at it now let's let's just say that it's in sweden next year during the summertime Mm -hmm. or whatever um What does that mean for battle passes going forward? Because I feel like it actually does not affect Valve's bottom line at all if you just do literally what we did this year. You have a battle pass, and it funds the following year's TI, right? So from Valve's perspective, basically nothing changes other than you don't have to run the event this year.
0: So you're saying they can just keep doing battle passes that are more than a year in advance now?
1: Yeah. Like what else would they sure, do though? Surely you don't do that. What else would you do though? Tell me. If you're going to delay it, like we're assuming that it's going to be delayed till the like literally a year from now,
0: right? Mm-hmm.
1: What do you do then for battle pass? Do you have TI in December, TI 11, and then you're back on track? That means you're going to have 3 TIs in the same calendar like in the same 12
0: months essentially. Maybe maybe you have a battle pass that <clears throat> funds something else than TI. Maybe that is possible because the next year will be empty. It won't need a TI battle pass because it already has one. But then you could still make a battle pass with cool content and it could be for the DPC or no, for other well, leagues hold on. or
1: All right, you're saying the battle pass will still Okay, let me let's let's back up here a second because I'm not understanding okay. what you mean. Okay. So the battle pass that is this year is for next yeah. year's TI. Correct. What happens during next year like around this time or before like in the spring? Is there another battle pass, or is the battle there pass There is after another battle TI. pass,
0: but it's not for TI. They make a battle pass just like they usually do, but instead of being the international battle pass, it is the 2021 battle pass. And it is for the money, instead of going to the TI prize pool, will go to <clears throat> develop the competitive scene of the year. So... That's very other oh, tournaments, thinking. sure. DPC, yeah. But the alternative is that you. I don't know. I feel like the community will react really negatively to have the TI Battle Pass always be a year in advance. Now, like that, just I don't know. That doesn't that feel off? It, so maybe. Maybe I'm overreacting or overrating that. Maybe people don't care. Like well, we just want our hats. The money can be frozen for a year every time for TI. Right. I guess. It, I mean, I mean it I'm not saying it's We're doing not it this weird. Time. But, I'm not
1: saying it's not weird, but at the same time, it doesn't disrupt anything
0: from Val's perspective. Again. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's just, yeah, it seems off somehow. But. I'm
1: predicting that's what's going to happen. I think it honestly makes the most sense all around because, mm-hmm. unless, like you said, they completely change the way the battle pass works.
0: I mean, I'm a little bit, I'm a little bit hopeful because of. I don't want to read too much into it, but I'm a little bit hopeful with what they were reading here in this moving forward section that they're going to, especially because of the COVID times and everything that's going on, that they feel like they need to be a little bit more involved with basically giving the competitive scene CPR, right? Uh, And that would be a really great way for them to do it along with the fans, basically. Mm. And I don't think the fans would be angry, be like, nah, Valve, you should pay for it yourself. If they make a cool battle pass that has stuff in it, people will be like, all right. We're gonna support this scene instead of TI. I don't think. I don't know, like how big of a portion of the people that buy the battle pass strictly do it because they want to support the international. Nobody. I think the vast majority, if not almost everybody, does it because they want cool hats. Yes. And because it's a fun interactive experience in the game. I mean, and well, you could do speak from your that While supporting whatever, do you, do you support?
1: No. Are you doing it for the players or something? Like. I actually don't no, like. It, this used to no. be a, a discussion back in Ti Three, Ti Four, when it wasn't a ridiculous amount of money, mm-hmm. and the cosmetics were not even remotely close. I feel like it's not even a discussion anymore.
0: No. So, and if, that's what I mean. So, technically, you could make a battle pass for literally anything if you're Valve. You could make a battle pass for charity. You could make it for other tournaments. You could make a battle pass for funding Artifact Three. Uh, you know, whatever you wanted. Sounds like a good investment, if you ask me. Um. But that, but that's the point, right? Like, what people care about is the content. So you can make the content with anything in mind. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I hope that since we skipped a TI year, then this will be a blessing in disguise for all other tournaments. I think it would be so good for the scene if it happens like that. That there's actually just a seasonal battle pass that pays the year instead mm-hmm. of paying the tournament. It is so much better. And we've talked that to death by now on yep. this podcast. So. Uh, but that doesn't mean I can't say it another time because it's my favorite thing to say. So it is your favorite. You well, there other than again. that, you
1: haven't watched in yeah. Bruges. I would say it's the second yeah. favorite. Yeah. Oh, thing
0: I, I love say saying that, but I'm not going to jump the gun on that one.
1: Okay, perfect. Uh, all don't right, spoil the surprise, Sindarin. Um,
0: no, no, I won't.
1: So, all right, what else? Uh, it, it. I think from a player's perspective, again, I think something that maybe a lot of people don't realize is for tier one players, it doesn't matter what happens this year, right? A lot not of them have, much, not, not nearly as much. A lot of them have made millions of dollars. They can we're talking about tier one, tier one of ones. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For like the tier one point5, tier two, and below, this is still a huge question mark. Uh, obviously, it's great that Valve has said something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think a lot of the, like I've talked to some players, and they're not too happy with this post, just because it feels like it's, like I said, a whole lot of nothing. There's no details. Right. About actual tournaments going forward. I think this could be a potential good first step that Valve is saying we recognize there's a problem, but they're being very vague with mm-hmm. what's actually happening. Right. Because well, it does say concretely
0: changing. there's going to be at least four third party events and leagues in EU CIS, three in China. Yeah. And for, when it says so, for this upcoming competitive season, that's the thing. What is that? What's the upcoming competitive season? Yeah, because the DPC. They're saying it's going to be starting, hopefully, quarter one, right? So it's until that time that we're going to have all of these events. Because that's pretty good, if it is. Depending on their size, of course. Like, it doesn't say anything about how big they are.
1: Yeah, and I think, uh, uh, obviously, some regions are being left out. We're hoping that, like, NA has nothing, pretty much, as far as I know. Uh, I know players are not too happy yeah. about that. I mean, we're not... Yeah, when I that. say
0: pretty good, it's only obviously only EU CIS in China, which is not good. And that's also... The wording here says that, to me, this reads like Valve is going to actively step in and make sure there's tournaments in every region. Right. That's what I'm reading here.
1: I hope so. So I, my uh, hope and my... like, I'm hoping that this post is, like I said, a starting point, And then in a couple of weeks, we'll have more details of what's actually happening. And then we can actually truly look at this and say, okay, is this... Yeah, a good response or not? Because right now, this—I don't know. Do you feel the same way that this is kind of nothing right now? It's like a placeholder almost to a degree. Um,
0: Yes and no. Like it's a placeholder in terms of like concretely saying which tournaments are there. But I feel like this is way better than saying nothing. Uh, It gives me way more Uh, of an expectation of what is actually coming and what is promised. Right. Mm. There are things that are promised, and there are things that are. uh, Basically, what I'm reading here is. Until DPC starts, we will have at least four events in EU CIS, at least three in China, and every other region will also have events that Valve are going to make happen. Because it that was the important thing to read here. It says, with that in mind, we've started reaching out to many more tournament organizers to offer help and financial support in order mm-hmm. to be able to create increased global coverage globally for the remainder of the year. To me, that reads like every region will have tournaments until the year's over. Right, no, I don't know how many it is. It could waiting, be one.
1: Waiting for that call but, you know. about elimination mode funding. Just give us money. <laughs> we'll put it on anytime. All right. Uh, okay, anything else on this topic, Syndrome?
0: Um, I guess the final thing is just, is it too late? All right. Like, uh, that's kind of the negative outlook, is that orgs have already shut down or left. Mm. Uh, players have... I don't know how many players like actively retired or stopped playing with the purpose of playing professionally this year. Uh but it's definitely some that have felt kind of forced to to stop because there hasn't been enough opportunities to make money. Uh honestly, I think in the conscience of fans, that's sometimes something they forget. Like the the players are people that need to live off it, you know? <laughs> like uh if you don't place well in tournaments and you don't have a good org, then the players, yeah, there's probably gonna be somebody stepping up to take your spot later on because there's like this influx there's always hungry players that want to prove themselves, but it's kind of especially in NA, I think it's extremely apparent what is happening. There's mm-hmm. just so there's just so little going on. And yeah. in SA there's so little going on because there's no tournaments for them to play. So it's uh You could have hoped something like this happened a couple of months ago. I think mm-hmm. it's unfortunately it's it's a bit late. I don't think it's too late. But damn would this have been good a couple of months back. So that's well, a shame.
1: Reddit wasn't in an outrage yet, Cinder. They were yeah, wanting Immortal Two so. at that point, and what God knows what else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I moved this topic up because it just kind of fits into what we're talking yeah. about. Uh, FY has left PSG LGD. Uh, I forget who else. Uh, I know maybe already left as well, right? Uh, Fear yeah, maybe has uh, talked about taking a
0: break from
1: Business Associates. Pierce taking a break until DPC. Yep. Basically, because yeah, no, he's taking a break until next year.
0: Right. He's the perfect example of what you talked about. He's a tier one player who has one TI. He's very rich off of that alone, probably. Um, <clears throat> he has very good total career winnings, and he has a kid and a wife. So he's probably like, is this worth it right now? And I'm mm-hmm. assuming he's taking a break to you know, do other stuff until the DPC really kicks in. Now, depending on what tournaments NA ends up getting this year from Valve's statement, maybe he will change his mind. But like for now, I think it's a completely reasonable move to... Consider turning your attention elsewhere and coming back when it really, you know, kicks. Yeah.
1: So <clears throat> the Valve announcement came with a second little tidbit, which I will read. I promise you it's not mm-hmm. nearly as long.
0: I'll read it. Oh okay. You said I'm reading the rest. Okay. Go ahead. I actually I don't care. How about we split in... <laughs> <laughs> Let's just alternate words. <laughs> you know what? You should probably read it because I, I definitely need to drink more. My voice is just I don't okay, know. Okay, great. Ahead. Thanks for waking up for this. So uh, on the last section of
1: this post called Dota TV and streaming, we've also heard your feedback and concerns around Dota TV streaming rights. This has been a topic we've discussed openly in the past, and as we gathered more data, our thoughts have evolved slightly. We ultimately still believe that community streamers providing their own commentary of a tournament is a net positive value to fans and a competitive scene. We also believe that in the long term, the tournaments themselves benefit from additional exposure to fans of those community streamers. However, it is true that this can cause a short-term loss of revenue as well as a reduced ability to monetize more effectively for tournament organizers. Starting September 15th, which is a week from now, the Dota license will be updated to reflect the following. Organizers that run Dota 2 tournaments will have to provide community streamers with a reasonable and simple to execute set of non-monetary requirements such as displaying the organizers' sponsors on their streams or having a slight delay on the (coughs) games. Community streamers will be able to use the Dota TV feed in the broadcast as long as they agree to those requirements. We believe this will provide more certainty and confidence to community streamers to be able to cast without a lot of turmoil, while at the same time protecting some key interests that tournament organizers have. To avoid possible last-minute issues, we would advise casters that want to stream a tournament to coordinate with the tournament with the organizer in advance to ensure they are able to fulfill the requirements presented. Uh, yeah. So that is quite okay. the change. Um, this is interesting because as <laughs> so, I, <laughs> I feel like I'm always being negative. In they don't specify anything in this. They say slight. What does slight delay mean? Like they have put no restrict. So if I if I'm creating a tournament and I say. Mm-hmm. I consider a slight delay ten minutes. You have to put a ten minute delay. Is that like, who's to say that's a yes or a no? Do you have to go to Valve? Like they say you can, drop them some questions, but nothing is specified from a public perspective, at least not yet, right? Uh, Yeah, I mean, this is
0: this is why this is why we have lawyers, right? Because the American way of reading stuff like this is, how can I abuse this? (laughs) And everyone else is reading, oh, this seems reasonable, because we're just, you know, reasonable (laughs) human beings, and we're going to follow this, and that's it. Mm. No, so, like... (laughs) It's really interesting to me to hear what you're reading versus what I'm reading, because yes, your <laughs> criticism is valid, but at the same time, how likely is it that this becomes a huge issue, The tournaments are just like, hey, we've been running two to six minutes delays for seven years, but now we're going to do 15, because fuck the streamers. All right, first of all, <laughs> I actually, mean, di- I, I mean, will yeah. disagree with you Who hard knows? on
1: that. I think it will come up the very first tournament, syndrome.
0: They're going to try to fuck the streamers over. If, no, I'm think.
1: not saying fucked. Okay, if I'm running a tournament, okay, I will, lit- I will say what I will actually do now. Okay. This is not trying okay. to fuck anybody over. Mm-hmm. I if know. I am forced to run uh, a delay of, let's say, six minutes, which is pretty standard, right, for yeah. a regular tournament stream, I will say, all right, regular streamers, you need to run a 10-minute delay. 100% I would do that. Is, that. is that extra four minutes considered slight or not? Mm. I don't know. That's, I don't know. That's a slight delay, I think. So you think four that's minutes? reasonable then? So the problem is it's the eye of the beholder, right? You consider that reasonable. Another person may not.
0: The way I am reading this is that the slight delay on the games means that they need to have the same delay as the official stream. That was my interpretation initially, which might be wrong. That was just what my gut was saying, was that something that tournaments have been complaining about is that they are running a stream with six minutes delay to combat stream sniping. But if there isn't the same delay in Dota TV, then or they can't set the exact amount of delay they want in Dota TV, then the streamers will be at a different point in the game than the official stream. The way I'm reading this is that the goal is to have the community streams and the official streams run with the same delay.
1: Where are you seeing that?
0: But it's possible. No, it doesn't say that anywhere. It's my interpretation. I understand that's your interpretation, but... It's, It's completely possible that that's wrong. That's just what I'm reading from it. It's um, just that that's my if, whole problem if, with that. If post. what the tournaments want, if what the tournaments want is to put more delay on the community streamers than on their own stream, then yeah, then you're completely right. Like, what is a slight delay? That could be anything. Could be 30 seconds, could be five minutes, could be an hour. So, Sli- but, one hour is a pretty slight delay in the, so let, in let the let perspective me, of the DPC.
1: Let me just clear so, something up. First of all, I, I overall, I like this post, like the idea mm-hmm. of it, but I, I know yeah. that the details will need to come because. It just it doesn't work without details like this. Again, doesn't mean a whole lot without Um, knowing everything, every nook and cranny, as it were. So, right, this was
0: the same criticism you had for the current system, though, and that one was never really specified, was it?
1: Right. I mean, that is
0: kind of the point, though.
1: (laughs) No, but (laughs) you're saying it needs to
0: come. It didn't for this one. I mean, maybe it did, but it just didn't happen. And you think it's been needed the whole time? But I
1: mean, what's going to happen is there's going to be more drama when this is implemented. Tournament's gonna go quote unquote too far based on a streamer's perspective, or vice versa, whatever the case may be. Mm -hmm. And then Valve is gonna have to say something again. So are they are they trying to get feedback from people first before they give us give everybody details, or are they just waiting again for a shitstorm?
0: Let me try to turn it around. What do you want them to say? Like what rules do you want? So everything they said You want hard numbers on how long delay community streamers need to have you want hard numbers on how many sponsors they're allowed to enforce on them you want hard rules of what types of sponsors you want them to enforce on them well like yeah so i think
1: from a sponsor perspective i think whatever i think it's reasonable to say whatever is on the regular hud during a Mm -hmm. stream is what is required so yes that is
0: technically a that's what i'm reading basically specification
1: right that's but you're interpreting it that way that's my point it's mm -hmm. not written here right Uh, And then, yeah, delay is a very important factor. Need to know exactly how many minutes. I don't even remember. What is the max you can put on Dota TV? I don't even remember anymore. But
0: six. uh, Is it actually two or six? Aren't those the two only options? Two or six? Am I missing something? Maybe I'm
1: wrong. So, what does slight delay mean? Um, What else did they specify here? But overall, like the idea behind it, I do like, right? I think. Yeah. Being able to, like, first of all, from a streamer perspective, this could actually be really bad. I mean, it's obviously worse than before, but it could be really bad if you are a bigger streamer that has sponsors that end up conflicting with sponsors that are part of the tournament. Like, if you have a betting sponsor, which there's a million of, and the tournament has another one, you probably won't be able to use that. So, does this specify whether, I mean, it doesn't need to specify that here, I suppose, because you'll know the rules for your own sponsor if you're a streamer. Right.
0: Yeah, but I I get again this to me to me this feels like the clear thing is if there's a conflict of interest, the problem is with the community streamer. That's what I think. Like there's a tournament running. Let's say that tournament has a hardware sponsor, and you as a personal streamer have a conflict of interest because you have another hardware sponsor. If they both need to be on screen at the same time, you can you talk to your own personal sponsor and you're like, okay, Uh is this a possibility? And if they say no too bad. You were sponsored by this one. That's how it works in all sorts of other stuff. Is that you can't have everything. You have another sponsor, there's a conflict. This is a tournament you can't stream. I think the biggest problem so one of the people that was very vocal about this change was Cork and I think his biggest problem is that he can be enforced by the tournament to run betting sponsors when that's something he's fundamentally against. Hmm. If he doesn't want to have gambling on his stream as a sponsor, he can't showcase the tournament. And from his perspective, that obviously sucks, because this was a tournament he wanted to use as content and watch and whatnot. But, again, I think the thing we should think about here is, like, what's the net gain and the net loss, right? Overall, if there's a personal streamer that's big, like Gorg, who doesn't watch this game, the games will have less viewers. They will. Not all of his viewers will go to the official stream, so there Mm -hmm. will be a loss. But... How much bigger and better tournaments can we get when tournaments can start selling exclusivity? Which is basically what they can, because if they say everybody who is broadcasting this tournament has to show you on their HUD, that is such a stronger sell than what they've had so far, which is we can only guarantee you on the official stream that your brand is shown. Mm -hmm. Now you can sell it as a package and you can... This is what I was hoping for would happen, and I hope will happen, is that the tournaments will start talking to the prominent streamers in advance. Be like, hey, guys, we're hosting a tournament in November. Uh, Would you guys be interested in partnering up for this tournament? And we can have either Admiral Bulldog or Gork or both. And then if they say yes, then you can go to the sponsor with that and be like, hey, we have a better deal for you. So then you can pitch a higher price for your tournament. Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? It means higher price pool. Better teams, better talent, better production, all in all, just a better tournament. And what did it cost? It cost the private streamers. So that that's that's your that's where it, for me what it boils down to, what do you think is more important? Is it that the private streamers can run this exactly as they have so far? Or this? And everybody within the talent scene that I've heard from at least the talent, the tournament organizers are obviously celebrating this because it helps them. Um, and the outlook for them is better. Uh, I guess we just have to wait and see how, how good it actually ends up like, how much it ends up changing. I'm pretty hopeful for this. I think this is good. Yes. Uh, even I if it agree. means that I personally on my stream can't watch some tournament games that I usually did, that's a sacrifice I think is great to make for this. I
1: mean, I, I don't think uh, this is going to happen, so. but would make this way easier if Valve just implemented something where, if you're a tournament organizer, you could put Sponsors on the map from a spectator point, like players don't yeah. need to see it, but just putting that on the map, and then you don't have to worry about it. Anymore. Anybody just does Dota TV, they'll have all the overlays. They don't have to worry about that shit. But again, sure. that probably takes time to do and uh, and all that. But I want to reread a part um, here. So organizers that run uh-huh. Dota Two tournaments will have to provide community streamers with a reasonable and simple to execute set of non monetary requirements. That could also technically mean other things, right? Can you think of anything else other than uh i i can see them wanting like requiring the streamer to send them stats afterwards i think that's reasonable uh to be able mm-hmm. to include like with your decks and whatnot um yeah in addition sure. to the sponsor uh, overlays um anything else come to mind that would be considered quote-unquote
0: reasonable Okay, th- this is a tricky one because you could technically, since the tournament isn't associated with a brand, you could ask the streamers to not be belittling to the teams or be toxic. You know, can like, you say you're not allowed
1: to cuss? <laughs> is that reasonable?
0: <laughs> you have to wear a collar They don't shirt. even do. I mean, they don't even do that on their own tournaments, right? Right. Like, well, I haven't. I have never broadcast a tournament where I was told specifically you can't use cuss words. Never. And and this has been many years, including Ti. They so, allow us. Okay. To what what about this, Cinder. What about requirements of uh, clothing, attire? So forcing them to be on camera. Yes. Well, uh-huh.
1: I mean, most of these streamers I, I, are on camera anyway,
0: right? So it's more not looking like are a they? pile. Yeah. Aren't
1: they? Oh, I guess Gork kind of goes back. Well, and, right. and Bulldog. Yeah, that's don't true, use actually. their cameras very much. I. Think. Right, what if they and require the webcam? Right? Yeah. And they require um, the shower. And some sort <laughs> of suit. Oh, that one's tough for <laughs> <laughs> But my point. So again, a haircut. I, I know I'm sounding really Science. negative. I, overall, this post is really good. I think it might fuck over streamers a little bit, which maybe it's it's about it time. I don't know. Oh, it
0: it it will. Like, but I, I don't think there's I, any need to sugarcoat it. You're limiting their freedom in doing this yes. as a checklist. They has have to have the question is has it been fair that they've been able mm. to do it for this long and is it good for the game so that's, that's the, the thing.
1: thing I mean good for the game is another discussion but whether it's fair or not is impossible to answer without knowing what is considered quote unquote reasonable right right which is right. my only issue that's with this true. post because mm. now like again if this is just in a, like if Valve is just doing this for feedback and then they'll end up coming out with details later and this is perfectly fine right? I have no issues with this whatsoever
0: but it's just there's a wide range of what's considered reasonable depending on who you talk to you know I think there's one argument that we've not covered yet, which is this can end up being a net positive for streamers, too, uh, in one way, which is if the tournament organizer includes the streamer in the package, the streamer has leverage, right? Mm -hmm. If the tournament organizer comes to you and they're like, hey, we would like you as part of our product, then you can be like, okay, this is what it's going to cost or uh, I want these terms in order to broadcast your games. Because the alternative is they could just not do it, right? If the yep. tournament wants you to do it, then technically, let's say we play as like, hey, Gorgon Bulldog, we would, uh, we would like to work together with you. Then they can set a price as a part of it. Because obviously the sponsorships will be bigger okay. if they have more viewers and they have more guaranteed exclusivity and the sponsors will be on their streams. It might end up being a financial gain for the streamers too. Know what I mean? Like, maybe yeah, there's a couple because- of tournaments they can't do because they have conflicting personal sponsors. That's possible. But if they have few sponsors, or down the stretch, there's enough tournaments for them to do this way, they might end up profiting. Uh, but it has so much. The reason I say might is that it depends on the cooperation, right? It depends on how this whole thing ends up happening between the streamers and the tournament. Um, from my perspective, let's say I'm a tournament <clears throat> organizer right now. And I can talk to, say, Bulldog and Gork as the examples once again and be like, uh, if you guys are in on this, I can pitch a bigger deal. And you guys obviously get a substantial amount of that if you want to work with with us on Mm. broadcasting this tournament. I think it's a loss for me if they say no, right? It has to be a loss for me. I'm not just involving them to be buddy-buddy with the streamers. I'm involving them because it feels like a good financial move. So that's still... Maintains some power with the streamers of having value and being able to put a price on their work. The way I see it,
1: yeah. It. I mean, I don't know, Is theory, that naive of me
0: to think that that's how it's going to going to happen?
1: It's also an impossible thing to say. It's that's true or not? Because right, we don't know the stats behind any of this. Like I, we've mm-hmm. run tournaments before, and we still don't know the effects, the true effects of you know a big time streamer streaming at the same time. Uh, right but in theory yes it could definitely happen definitely go down that road which you know what opens it up you know
0: where the biggest gain is actually for the tournament is having the streamers cover the least popular games because that's where there's the biggest relative viewership gain for the tournament is the lowest profile games that most people don't watch So many people go to the private streamer, personal streamer, to watch them regardless of what they're doing. And now all of those viewers will be watching your tournament. So if the personal streamers cover a lot of the lower tier games or mid-range games, that is where the tournament really can get a big boost in overall viewership. Because on the premier games, like we saw with WePlay, right? Like WePlay will cover a game that has like 90,000 viewers on Secret versus OG. And then the personal streamers are sitting on, like, 8k. So they contribute, like, 8% of the sum of everything. Whereas if it's, say, I don't know, any of the mid- or lower-range games, the personal streamers might have, like, a third of the of the total, mm-hmm. right? So, maybe that's... Um, maybe that's something. Don't know. Yep. We'll see. Well, it's a lot of speculation. Uh, I think the goal is good. I guess that's what we should conclude on, is that the... What Valve is saying here is good. Now we just hope the implementation is good. But the uh, the ideology is nice, in my opinion, behind everything. I like the ideology.
1: I agree. So, um, yeah. So I think that one is definitely more of a positive from our perspective, at least, versus the DPC stuff, which is I'm going to say it was necessarily negative, but it was just it felt incomplete, largely incomplete. Mm-hmm. Right. This one is right. just missing some details. The other one is just Whole nother level. So, Omega League, Cinderman has concluded. Spoiler alert. Yes. Spoiler alert. Guess who won, Cinder? Again. <laughs> again. <laughs> How? Know, man. Is that possible? Won? And they win right. in a 3-0. You don't even need to say the t- team name at this stage. You know? Okay. So, How's that first possible? of all...
0: Yes. The thing, I don't think, I can say with confidence that this has never happened before. Secret have won seven grand finals in a row 3-0. Hmm. Seven in a row. Um There's like, you can't, there's no way of disputing that they're the best team in the world right now, except if you have the argument that the regions that aren't playing against Secret are better. Right. Uh, and it's just it's just hard to make a case for that right now. So they're just really they are the best team in the world. Uh, they're doing super hot in their games. This tournament alone, it was a really long tournament. They lost two individual games and lost no series. They went ten and one in groups, in games, five uh, zero in series, and then in the playoffs they lost one single game, uh, but still won the series two one. So they if you just... add up the
1: games that they played against OG in just the upper bracket final and the grand final alone, they went five to one. They only lost yes. one in the upper bracket to yeah. them.
0: They're just that good. Like it's it's pretty amazing. They are probably how good Secret so are. much more sad than everybody that TI is not happening for another year. <laughs> I mean, I don't oh, know.
1: can you keep um, this up for another year? I mean, there's going to be at least one, if not two,
0: giant balance patches by then. oh they've they've kind of been they've been strong for a while now. Seven tournaments has it's been over a pretty big span that they've won yeah. these seven tournaments. Okay, so there's uh, been big put patches it, and they've maintain their dominance. I'm not
1: saying, so. I, I kind of am saying this, I guess, but I feel like this is the worst timing. Like, this is the worst time to be the absolute best. Because people are going to yeah. catch up over time.
0: Uh, uh, I mean, at the same time, money, Secret, Secret have gone into how many TIs being the best? Or being considered like uh, one of the two or three nah, best teams th- and then still not done it? I, like, it's, I think
1: one time, they were the absolute favorite. And they stumbled. Yeah. That was with I believe No Tail was on the team, like those it t- it iterations. T- t- five five? TF. It I might think. have been five, I think. Yeah, it was a team with Kuroki oh, and t- No Tail. T- I think since then, they've always been, you know, I, I wouldn't say the ultimate favorite. They were top four probably going in. That was the one year they were just complete favorites. Like yeah. they're pl- the way they're I, playing I right agree. now that is equivalent the- to the way they were playing that first year going into TI. yeah, And I think it's just going to be
0: so hard to they're keep it up. Arguably better. Because that year, I think they did lose finals or series. Or, you know, True. They're just not losing. They're just yeah. not losing. It's actually absurd. I think in their last, like... Th- was it like 40 series? They've lost two or three. And it was in group stages. And they won the tournament anyway. So those mm-hmm. losses were, quote-unquote, irrelevant. Uh, pretty crazy. So yeah, that was the Immortal Division uh, for the West... Then we had the Divine Division, which was the a couple of teams dropping down from Immortal Division that didn't make it up there. Uh, we got Fly to Moon first place in the Divine Division. They beat five men in the finals. And then we had Cyber Legacy get third and IP fourth. And since we mentioned Secret, we should mention the rest of the top four in the other tournament. So, of course, second place OG in the finals, Nigma third, and Alliance fourth. There was the most absurd defense. If you guys didn't watch this <laughs> clip, you need to check out how... Nigma and especially Miracle defended <laughs> against Alliance in a game of that series. You will find it. Just look for it. It was Nigma versus Alliance game 1 and Miracle was playing Arc Warden. That is one of the most bonkers based defenses I've ever seen in 10 years of this game. Uh, it's absolutely incredible. That's a clip to watch. Um, yeah, definitely. So, you know, check that definitely out. up there. Uh,
1: and then yep. the production from from WePlay and technically Epic as well. is What's their actual name? Epic Esports? Epic esports uh, events, yeah, I, th- I think so. Epic events, and guys who run Epicenter World. and whatnot. I want to call them Epicenter, but Epic esports events, and we play, put on quite possibly the best third-party tournament of all time. Uh, production-wise, was, I mean, TI level, I guess. There something that's really, outside really TI, just they're incredible, very, good. very, very, yeah. very, very good. So I think uh, they announced that they're doing another tournament uh, coming,
0: starting uh, October, late October. I think it was. Yeah. So that's one of the terms that Valve was referring to. So um, looking forward to that. By the way, should also mention NA, where that was oh. another one that concluded. <laughs> uh-huh. um, as as we know, NA yep. is also a region that has yep. games. Uh, Quincy Crew, another three-zero finals against four zoomers. These are kind of the two teams in NA right now that are battling, and of course that is because EG was playing the European division, uh, and even though EG placed, what did they place in Europe? Uh, I forgot what exact placement. I think they got fifth, sixth. Yeah, even though they got fifth, sixth, they got more than first place in NA. So strictly from a financial winning standpoint, uh, that is still better. Uh, but obviously, their showing in Europe was not as good as they had hoped. Mm. Uh, but they probably placed where, in terms of like power rankings, when you looked at how the tournament went, I think that's where they were. I don't think they like mega stumbled or got unlucky or something. There's just they were just better teams in this tournament than EG. Um, They're also playing on some delay with some players. They're playing with stand-ins. They had... uh, They had GPK instead of Abed, who obviously is still just an SEA. Doesn't want to play on that huge delay. Um, I think GPK, for the most part, played pretty well. Uh, He's a really, really good player. Had some mistakes, obviously. That's to be expected, but... I I wouldn't be like, oh, the stand-in just played bad. That's why EG lost. I I think he, for the most part, pulled his weight. Um, So... More of a strategic nature, in my opinion, by the most. Yep. Couldn't okay. Agree I more. think that was it because the the other region, there was one more region which was Asia, but that concluded back in August. I don't remember if we covered. I think we I, did say four nine six gaming won that one. I I think we did.
1: If we did, I have forgotten. But it's Syndrome. a couple weeks. Ago. Must have been a riveting conversation because I'm sure we did not watch those ones at least. Um, okay. But Anyway. Moving on. Uh, yeah. First, I want to give a... Before we get to the Wind Ranger Arcana, which I know everybody is looking very much forward to us discussing, uh, <laughs> wish we could actually bring Slacks on for that segment. That would have been just incredible. But first, thank you to our amazing sponsor, as you can see, ExpressVPN. We appreciate your support. If you guys don't know, uh, VPNs lets you access the internet as if you're from another country, which can be super handy. Uh, for me, as an example, when I was in China... Used it to get on Twitter. Everything's banned in that country, for God's sake. Use that to get on Twitter, to get on Google, to get every which way. Uh, Netflix is also a really good example of something you can use it for to access certain shows that are only available in certain countries, um, which I know a lot of people have that issue. So ExpressVPN will give you an amazing experience for that. And for me personally, it's the fastest and most stable VPN I've ever used. Of course it's available via your phone, PC, tablet, and smart TV cinder. I don't know if you have a smart TV.
0: Uh I do. I do actually. Wow, uh, I'm shocked. I'm very, I'm very, I'm very smart. So yeah. I don't use it to watch movies, of course, but I do have a smart TV. <laughs> That's uh, great to hear. Yeah. And so, I, I guess we should also do about VPNs in general, for those unfamiliar with it, it's just really good for privacy reasons, right? Yeah. Um for whatever reason, if there's something you need to keep private and you're a little bit worried about data security, uh, it's an extra layer of protection for you to route it through a VPN instead of using just your own connection. If that is something you care about a lot, then you probably already know. <laughs> but yeah. If that's you're the-
1: not an idiot, you already know that. But just in <laughs> case, you are an idiot. <laughs> ExpressVPN is there for you. If you guys are interested, of course, in trying VPN or ExpressVPN for free, go to our special link in the YouTube description and podcast as well. Uh, expressvpn.com slash we say things where you can get an extra three months for free. So thank you again for sponsoring this beautiful episode. Appreciate it. Next on the list, Cinderin, Wind Ranger Arcana. You were personally excited for this. I was yep. not because I don't play this hero at all. Yeah, you don't, it's not a Valorant hero. So it, you don't play it. It looks actually very much like a League-esque character. Let's not kid ourselves you here. You think so? I do think so. Oh, I think okay. it is by far the best Arcana ever made in Dota.
0: Damn. It's it's not by enough
1: far the best. It's not enough for me to <laughs> up my levels to five hundred to get it, because again, I just don't play the hero. There's no point in having it. But it is incredibly good. Uh it has a special I didn't even know this. I didn't show you. loves video.
0: League, guys. You heard that? And, and this is the most <laughs> league like hero ever. It's it the has, best Arcana
1: uh, we've ever had. Obviously, a brand new hmm. model with a ton of Polygon Syndrome. You get special effects for MKB proc, for Force Staff, for Yules, for all of her abilities. I didn't even know this until a Reddit post. If you use Run
0: close to trees, it will sway the trees. My God. There's a lot of like, detail in this. Yes. Because... I feel like this is Valve just being like, okay, the community has said we haven't tried hard <laughs> enough. We'll show them that we can. You yeah, know? I uh, think so too. If we really want to, we can make something really cool. <laughs> uh, and the, the beautiful thing to me about this is there's a couple of things. First of all, the, the remade hero model itself, I think, is, is very nice. Um, they did that with Quap as well. It's not just the set, right? That's a different... I mean, every Arcana kind of changes the character's default look, if you will. All right, not to interrupt, Uh, but but I will interrupt you, because I like to. Why
1: did they not use the model for the regular Windrunner? Why does she still have that shitty model?
0: Good question. Maybe to make the Arcana more special. So they, people want to get it.
1: Maybe chat can help us with this. There was an Arcana that they did a remodel for, and the model was kept for the non-Arcana as well, right? Who was uh, that? I feel like I'm a hundred percent right, but now I'm starting to doubt myself. I Zeus, Zeus. thank you. Yes, that yeah. I feel like it needed that treatment because I went back and looked at the Wind Ranger. Normal model, and holy shit, it's not morphling level, don't get me wrong, but my god, it's bad. And this arcana this would still be like god tier, you know? Yeah.
0: But uh, that's it's the only like, I like. think what, what they could at least is if they want to make the arcana something special, they could have the face and the hair still be part of the arcana, but then have the overall like model of just the posture and the body be the same. So oh, boobs for the ranger.
1: arcana is what you're saying. That's what you're. I mean,
0: the main thing that people were complaining about was the spine, right? That she's kind of like the posture of the hero just doesn't make sense for a ranger. It was a bit. She off, looked, a little, but... yeah, she looks a little hunchback for a ranger. Yeah, not gonna lie, uh, which is a bit strange. But anyway, yeah, uh, there's so much good stuff in this. Uh, people have been asking me on my stream what I, how I rate it. Mm-hmm. I think it's the second best ever for me. I still think what? Queen of Pain takes the cake. Uh, wow. It is incredible but this is super good and maybe if i spent a little more time just you know like actually noting down and weighing the pros and cons I might change my mind but mm-hmm. those two are the two best and i think what's really cool and important about that is that they're both from this year's battle pass so people complaining that valve aren't putting in the effort in these arcanas or not trying anymore they're kind of just putting people you know they're just shutting them up with this awesome shit um so that's really good to see <laughs> and i think to me it all starts with the concept art for both of them, I really think the concept art this year has been so amazing that I think for the people actually creating the sets in the game, they've had such a good reference to work with with just a really beautiful idea um, mm-hmm. and when that when that is so good, I think like when you have that good concept art to work with as as an animator and as as programmers, then that's when it becomes easier and maybe more fun to make all this extra stuff because you feel like you have something so amazing to work with then. Adding all this extra stuff hopefully doesn't feel like a big chore or something. It just feels like cool, and that you're doing the design justice, right? Uh, I would like to think that that's what's going on, at least that they, yeah, I that they I are, are enjoying working with this because I amazing.
1: like that they so, are. Again, this has happened for a couple of heroes now. Um, I think yeah. the first ever hero to get a d- different item icon was Axe's Blade Mail. Yes, uh, right. and it used to be shown for both enemies and allies, but now it's only for yourself. Which is, I'm assuming, mm-hmm. the same thing here. But really cool that they did that. With and the, I think the first time ever, I'm almost positive, the custom channel bar, even though it's such a small detail, I think that's really cool. Like back in the day when we were thinking of ideas of things to add to the game that weren't in, mm-hmm. the thing that I wanted most was mouse cursors, which is why they're in the game. I was, I don't know if you remember, I complained for like two years know. that the mouse cursor looked like it was. The super low res giant. If you guys don't remember the original mouse cursor, it was in for way too long. So, that just little details like that, I think, uh, go a really long way. Uh, so, yeah, this. The oh, what are is you, cool. Like, is it 2.5 million damage via focus fire to unlock the second
0: yeah, style? You get the second style, which you, is, how much is fiery it, I, red, and the default one is the. Is that blue, red,
1: Cinderin? It's orange, it's red and orange. It's a good color. It's orange. It's red, red is not orange. a good color. So uh, okay. So it's orange. So it's orange, and mm. what do you think of the requirement? Like when I first read this, I again I don't play a lot of Wind Ranger. Mm. I, I don't have any reference to go off of. How much is two point five million? That feels like a lot. Is that like thirty games? Like what would be a normal amount? You oh, it's way more than that. Like that.
0: It is way more than thirty.
1: Like what is a. In a regular game, let's say on average, you're how much owning, damage do do? Yeah. I mean, do. I don't know. how.
0: What are we... What's the reference here? Is it the average player playing the average game, or is it... Like,
1: yeah, average average player.
0: I don't know. 25,000 sounds like a lot of damage with just focus fire in a game. So that would mean 100, 100 games. 100 games. That's 100 games where you're owning. Yeah. Right. 25K is so much with just focus fire. Like, if so, you think of... When you look at the post-game damage summary, right? And you look at what you have. You need to remember it's the summary of the entire game. So it's every time you've hit a hero in the laning stage. It's every time you've hit a power shot. Yeah. How often on Windranger do you have more than 50k damage in a game? I couldn't tell you. I don't that's, play that here. It's, so uh, roughly oh, 100 yeah, games, right? So, yeah. Do let's you, say at least. And that's the good games, right? You also have games where you get stomped and you're not getting 25k. No way. So what do you think about so. that? Do you like... Again, we're gonna
1: revisit this conversation every time an arcana mm-hmm. comes out. Do you like that the second styles are
0: I wouldn't say they're Parts unreachable, but super fucking
1: hard to get?
0: I love that they're hard. I think it's I think it's great. I would way rather have it that way than have it be easy, because this way it's special. It means that you're you know, it's something it's like an achievement. Know what I mean? Like it's right. something to accomplish in the game. And I think that's good. We've talked about this before
1: again, but I'm gonna echo my again. Hmm. Uh if you're paying for something, again, this was through the battle okay. pass, so it's not direct payment mm-hmm. necessarily, but if you pay for an Arcana, which is roughly forty bucks, thirty five bucks, or whatever, I don't like that it's so hard to unlock. I think that's dumb. Like I know everybody's gonna have a different opinion as, as a consumer. Um, I would rather you just get both styles immediately. Like the I unlockable would agree, shit, I would agree I don't care a
0: lot about. more if the second style had something extra that the first one doesn't, or it had something way cooler, right? But for the most part, it's a recoloring. Mm-hmm. Right? It's just it's a different design. It's not functionality that is locked behind. Is there any of them that has that, actually? So the Ogre one just changes your color scheme, right? So does Shaker and so does Windranger. You don't get like extra animations or extra... PA. PA, you get more particles. PA, you get more particles on the weapons. That's true. Right. And That's I only, the, is that while, the only one?
1: Uh, I, I'd have to look back, but yeah, PA, I've only, right. I still only have level 2.
0: It, yeah, it takes too. so long. My God! Yeah, that one was way easier when the event was there. (laughs) That is now. It's. I wouldn't say that's
1: the reason I haven't bought an Arcana in a while, but part of it's obviously the heroes. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's definitely a part. Like that dissuades me from wanting to get an Arcana. Is if I like the second style, that is, which like for ogre, I, I play him occasionally, but ogre, I like his second style more than his first. Wait, sorry, is this second style the blue one? Or the orange. Does he start orange or blue? I, I don't remember. I, I think Arcana, his second style is blue. I'm pretty sure. And I think that looks way better. But I would never be able they're to They're both get it. ogre riding a chicken. It's That's
0: invalid. That's
1: right. Okay. It's just Moving on. Um This is your second favorite Arcana of all time.
0: Yeah. Let's I see. think this would be my um, first. I just I could, just as a final comment on the on the is it cool for you to, you know, have to unlock it? Like if you extend that logic to a lot of video games you pay for the game but then within the game you can unlock stuff right it's not like i paid for the game so i should have everything Mm -hmm. like having progression systems where you earn something after buying the game is completely normal and is very motivating for a lot of people so I, i kind of disagree with that ideology that because i bought something i want to have the entirety in a video game i think it's fine to buy the how to say it? you You buy the game. It's like the same logic, right? You buy the game so you have access to everything, but there's achievements in that game, and you don't get all the achievements by default from just buying the game. You still need to earn them. That's how I see this. This is like a... It's like a a mark of accomplishment. Something to to aim for, if you like the hero a lot. I, right, I okay, so cool. I,
1: I can respect that. I, I don't feel the same, though. And I know it's just personal preference. I would actually be interested to know, maybe for people in the YouTube comments, leave whether you agree with me or sinner, because... I don't know what the majority would actually be on this topic. Uh, I feel I felt like before we started talking about it, that most people would agree that they would rather just get everything for free. They don't care about the sense of accomplishment. But I could be wrong, honestly. I'm not it's, sure.
0: It's also about the exclusivity, right? It's not just the sense of accomplishment. It's the fact it's that other people don't have it. That mm-hmm. makes it so much cooler for you to have it. right? It's, it's that... That's why it's cool that it's hard to get. Because if it was mega easy to get, then it's like, whatever. Then you might as well give it for free, right? Like, that's Mm -hmm. my opinion. If this was like you needed to win 10 times, then fuck it. You know, just give everybody two styles. But when it's hard, just like getting level 25 in Dota Plus on a hero where you need to play a lot, you could have the argument, well, you have Dota Plus, shouldn't you just have all the voice lines? You're paying for Dota Plus, right? Like, why do I have to earn the voice lines?
1: I I think for me the breaking point is the amount of money that you're spending so again the battle pass makes it a little bit murky but if i'm spending 35 dollars for a literal fucking cosmetic in a game i don't want to unlock anything Mm -hmm. if it's how much is dota plus
0: dota plus is like six dollars a month i think it's like a twitch sub five or six whatever it's a couple cups of coffee like it's whatever i oh it's an arcana every seven months if you want to look at it that way
1: I don't look at that way, Cinder. I don't look okay. ahead past one month, okay? I don't look past one day, one hour, one second. Uh, when you anyway, have a
0: food at a restaurant in the U.S., <laughs> do you think about what the tip is on top of it? Or is just like, oh, that was more expensive than I thought it would be? Damn. Um, Hope it's cheaper next time. Well,
1: I, or do you add the 20% in your mind? Well, let's not talk about tipping in the U.S. I hate it. Oh, I hate it yeah, so much. So I, oh. To, oh that's just to put it out works. there, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I average between 18 and 20% tip, which is on the relative, like, Average is probably fifteen percent. The... I don't know. I'm an okay tipper. Yeah. I hate it. And not to go off on another tangent, but my like if I go to an ice cream shop, for example, right? You didn't nobody that was just normal you would not tip. If you go to pick up a pizza, like just you're not sitting there and eating, you're just picking up taking mm-hmm. your car. Nikki scolds me for not tipping. It was never a thing before, but as of the last few years, they they shame you into tipping. they they add this little... Okay, this is what happens to It's so awkward. They have that like little chip reader or whatever that they have right in front mm-hmm. of you that you put in and it always ask you, do you want to tip? And the person yeah. at the counter is always looking at you. like They know if I'm not going to tip. I have to tip now out of shame and nothing else. It, it really bothers me.
0: Uh, the reason you feel like you have to tip is that there's the culture around it, not that they're looking at you and you have the option. In Denmark, in some restaurants... When you get the thing, some sometimes they skip it entirely. It's just like you've 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 ordered for this much. This is the price, and in others, it's like, would you like to tip? And you just select no, and nobody blames you for it, like because it's yeah. like that's the cultural norm is that the waiters are paid by the hour, not by tip.
1: Well, see, that's so, the thing. Like I I don't agree with the t- the tipping system at all in the U.S. But right. when they are getting paid less, like an actual waitress or waiter or whatever, I know they get right. paid less than minimum wage. So of course, I'm gonna tip. I'm talking about instances where they're actually getting paid normal amount, and I'm shamed into tipping. That's when I have right. a real issue. Uh, that's
0: my tangent, though. It I mean, really I, have a, me. I have an issue with the system in general. Yes, I think it's too. just it's it's archaic to not pay people <laughs> the wage for the work they're doing and having them rely on tips. It's so. I don't know what to say. It's a tip. It's supposed to be something you give because you got extra good service or you had an extra good experience, not because it's expected of you that you go into the restaurant and you are expected to show that you had a good experience. Like, mm-hmm. how does that, how's that not like mega backwards? It is backwards,
1: but it's never going to change. Just like we're never going to be on oh. a
0: metric system. That's another story oh, yeah. entirely. So, oh, that's more understandable uh, than the, uh, is it <laughs> <laughs> both stupid, yeah, both very stupid.
1: Uh, we have a bunch more topics, but I think they're all going to be a little bit quicker. Um, yeah. First thing, there's Let's a caster in CSGO named Henry G. He has retired, and as of today, actually, he joined Cloud9 as, I think he was trying to build a Counter-Strike GM. team. Okay, as a GM. Perfect. Yeah. But in his closing thoughts or whatever, I think he did an interview, there's a really interesting quote that I want to read out and we can briefly discuss. He yeah. writes, In its current state, esports fame is a mask that eats away at the face. Not one company is willing to offer any sort of long-term contracts and sees the talent as purely a commodity with a stock value that influences whether they will hire you. Once you do get hired, they will be very quick to remind you that your colleagues have lowered their price, or sorry, have quoted a lower price and they'll have to get back to you, leaving you confused and worried about the prospect of work. Of course, you will have to bend the knee just to be safe. The next step is Stockholm Syndrome and you will find yourself accepting any and all work just to keep yourself relevant. Constant bending over backwards and operating way above your paycheck, just or way above your paycheck, just to keep up appearances with your multiple employers. The people in charge of these decisions and conversations, you know who you are. And if you're guilty of this, I hope you're fucking ashamed of yourselves. You saved your company a few hundred euros and destroyed the passion of a lot of promising individuals and forced them to move on. I truly hope it was worth it. Uh, and then he continues to write. I was very lucky to be at the top of the commentary food chain, and you can see what detrimental effects it still had on me. I fear for the future of my colleagues that haven't been as successful. I can see the desperation in some of their social media presence, and it stems from the problems stated above, warping their personalities to align with their employers' ideals. Very interesting topic that I we haven't directly discussed, I don't think at any mm-hmm. point, but it's, no. it's, an ever, it's an ever-present thing in esports, right? It's just something that yes. I've grown accustomed to, which is not something you should have to grow accustomed to
0: but it's a thing. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I agree. It's kind of this thing, like the whole system, the thing of kind of almost pitting the talent against each other to undercut each other in a sense. Uh is really tricky, and I think it's very game dependent how it works. I guess in I, I can't speak for other games, uh, but I'm assuming like the the way our talent gets along with each other and the way we work. I don't know if it's unique. Like most people are in good terms, uh, kind of willing to work as a team and understand that. But if you have beef, especially in other scenes, I could easily see people, you know, just getting really competitive and undercutting each other to get the get the gigs right, and instead of working together to get good rates uh, mm-hmm. for the work that they do. Um, well, and Like re- regardless of how good it is, it's like within your scene. Like, how do you know that, you haven't still, been undercut still, though? How do you know that? Yeah, you don't know. There's you an element of the unknown with that, right? It's kind. It's kind of just trust, almost. Um, like naivety for the. Yeah, <laughs> that too. Like for the most part in Dota, I would say, from my experience, without going into details about numbers, there's kind of, at least in the last year or two, there's been like more of a defined, more of a defined rate among talent that does big events and big games of what they expect and how they try to pitch Uh, that doesn't mean that behind closed doors there aren't people playing around that but for the most part at least my impression is that we kind of work together uh to kind of protect everyone and make sure because it's in everyone's interest as far as the talent goes right it's in everyone's interest that the work is uh valued correctly because then everybody benefits down the stretch but the problem is obviously, and that was somebody was making that argument, somebody was writing on Twitter, and I I think it was I think it was Satakist responding or something, uh, another CSGO caster. And they were like, why don't you guys just unionize and demand rates? And then they were like, unionize with who? The people who at any moment will try to undercut you to get your gig. Mm-hmm. Right? Like that's the problem. <clears throat> if there's that kind of culture, how the hell do you unionize? If right. it's kind of just uh, the wild west, then yeah, then you're worth as much as you're worth and and nothing else matters. And, uh, it's not healthy. Let's put it that way. It's not healthy and it's not good. Um, so,
1: Yep, agreed. I just thought it was an interesting topic to bring up. because for sure. Uh, it's a thing in all of esports and I'm sure other uh, career paths as well. Um, but then again, esports, it feels more like the Wild West, where even though it's been around for a decent amount of time now, it's still not nearly as matured as other industries. That's 100% for sure. Moving on, Artifact 2.0. We haven't talked about it in quite a Woo! while. Uh, they have sent invites to everybody that signed up for it that was an original purchaser of Artifact 1. Cinderin is an idiot and didn't sign up. I kept asking him every week. So, are you in this week? Are you in this week? I kept looking on my friends' list to see if he had access to Artifact. He never signed up. I asked him le- when this was news last week or a few days ago. Where's your I don't see the your uh, artifact in your in your inventory in your library at all. It's like I thought I just got it. Huh? At the silo? Okay. Okay.
0: Uh. So uh, okay, first of all, you sound like that. I don't. So you're uh. terrifying yourself. <laughs> Stop <laughs> immediately. <laughs> so, I had the impression and I think you gave me this impression. So, I'm going to okay. say it's your fault. Yeah, all you right. Ga- you gave me the impression that people who had originally bought Artifact were automatically entered into basically a chance-based system where it was random who would get selected for the beta. I did not think you needed to sign up. But, now that you've said it, it's actually funny that you've had to ask me every week, be like, hey, did you get it? And you kept being like, man, you're so unlucky.
1: (laughs) You're just an idiot. I should have known all along.
0: God.
1: You know what's funny? I think I I literally mentioned this in an episode. When it was first announced, I literally talked about it on the on the podcast with
0: you. Yeah, you probably said something like, so Artifact 2.0 will be accessible to people that had Artifact 1, and it will be a random selection. You probably said something like that, not you need to sign up. And that is why it's your fault, and I did nothing wrong. Thank you, there is. Uh yeah. The
1: reason we haven't really been talking about Artifact, even though I play, I don't play every day, but I play a few times a week, uh, is because, well, I, I think part of it was there wasn't a whole lot of interest in it from the people watching. Uh, but mm. also I think most it was mostly because it it's just very slow beta right now. Like they're taking feedback from what we can tell. They're doing a lot of balanced stuff for now. I'm not sure if they're gonna change any mechanics for I'm very happy with the way it plays right now personally, but it's super not polished in terms of the, the art style right now. Right. Uh so just waiting for, you know, a plan to be brought upon us which there hasn't been anything but they have been updating the
0: game Mm -hmm. now that you've played it for as long as you have first of all you think it's better than artifact one yeah right i do
1: if you go to the artifact subreddit you will see a lot of negative posts though which i think is a good sign actually
0: (laughs) it's a very good fact that there's a lot of posts no not that um yes do you think this game can make it? Ooh, that is a tough question. So um, Valve originally announced when Artifact came out that they would do a one million dollar tournament for it. Just I think like it's they dependent on that. Yeah, hundred percent. Do you think if this works out well, if the if the game is good and they're happy with it, do you think they're still going to make a one million dollar tournament? I think so. Okay, so they're going to really try to spark interest I mean, in this game with basically a TI for it. That would be fucking awesome. I hope they do it. This could be me being
1: completely naive. I know a million dollars is a lot to some of us, or most of us, but for Valve, it's nothing. So if it's like your last ditch effort to try to revive the game, then yes, I think it's worth
0: it. But You need to be confident that the game is implemented well this time then. Right. right. I mean, we're still... That's your last move. We're still like a year away probably from this
1: being released, I would Mm -hmm. think. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's actually tough to say. I don't know how long. Like, maybe there's a lot of assets they've done with, without updating the game yet, right? I have no idea. But I think overall, pretty much every aspect of the game is just more enjoyable to play. It's like, you know when you used to play Artifact for even just a couple of games, your brain would just start to hurt. It's just very tiring because you're thinking about so many scenarios. People are annoyed that they've, quote-unquote, dumbed it down. But I think it's just for the better. Uh, it mm-hmm. still has its complexity. It's much easier to watch. Much easier to watch. Even with the That's shitty assets. very good assets, Even with the shitty yeah. graphics right now. Much easier to watch. But they've updated the game with a constructed queue now, uh, which is really nice. And they've added a couple new heroes in Troll Warlord and Mazzy, which are very interesting, which oh, Mazzy. we won't talk about. Mazzy, okay. Mm-hmm. I kind of want to talk about Mazzy, but we're running pretty late, so maybe we'll leave it for another. He's easily the most unique hero in the game now uh oh, very very cool. cool so we'll talk about that at some point but moving on diabolical which we talked about on its first closed beta release has now officially released Cinderin, and it has a test tournament series that they've announced over a hundred or exactly a hundred thousand dollars to work with see a lot of people interested in this from an fps point of view really cool to see from two goods team uh yeah like Good said, luck,
0: honestly. Not yes. not meant sarcastically. I, I hope the game does well. I, I really hope. He's put so much time and effort into this game. I really hope it does well both for his sake and because I think it's nice if this type of game exists in esports. Uh, it's how it, What's the state of Quake right now? What? what do you mean, what's what's the state of Quake?
1: It's dead. What do you mean? What's the state? The people no, still play was, Quake?
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not talking about Quake One, okay. I'm talking about the well, latest version Quake. of Quake. Was meant to have it had mm-hmm. a pretty big tournament. The two good played in, I think, but I don't remember when it was. Is that
1: the one that has like the Quake Dota
0: Champions? skills? Yeah, I have okay. No Chad is saying Quake Champions is also dead. Okay, so we're cheering for this. <laughs> uh, we're cheering for this. Yeah, I don't know. To me, to me, like it's. I won't say it's something I've watched a lot, but there's just something about this genre that is special. Uh, in terms of like just history, almost for esports, it's nostalgic. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's and just like I, I hope Diabotical I I think it's entertaining to watch, even though I like I never played Quake, and I still thought it was interesting to watch because it was you know it's very skillful, very methodical, and very um, yeah, just fast paced, lots of action, fun game to watch. Um, I agree. So I ho- I hope this does well. Um, yeah. So best of luck to Too Good on this uh, on this game and this scene.
1: Yep, we'll keep you guys updated with anything that they do that is big news in the future uh, but yeah good luck to them next thing very <laughs> briefly Cinder, I just found this hilarious yeah. Doom and Doom 2 the old school games finally get widescreen support after 27 years do you think there's anybody out there that is like I've been waiting so long to
0: play on my widescreen who plays Doom and Doom 2 anymore what the fuck do you know what this reminds me of? <laughs> it's great <laughs> like a though. couple a couple of weeks ago when we had this thing with the StarCraft II editor now allowing uh, yeah. <laughs> all of Warcraft Three's model or whatever it was, like the the changes where they really upped the StarCraft II custom map editor after ten years.
1: Mm.
0: Like did they just put that project on ice for like nine years and they had it originally envisioned <laughs> and then somebody was like, eh, I guess we should do it. Or yeah. was it like some sort of testing rounds for a a trainee at the company (laughs) i'm actually genuinely Uh, curious to know how
1: long that that would take to get that support working like is it super quick or is it actually complicated because it's so old i have no idea uh but along the same lines of that news you know how uh was i don't know if it was a challenge but we always see it's like a meme almost where elder scrolls you you put it on as many devices as you can like we i've seen it played on a refrigerator before. Apparently, somebody modded Doom, and, or Doom 2, I can't remember which one, to work on a pregnancy test. What the fuck?
0: How is that right, there's, possible? There's a quote here. It's important to note that Foon, so that's the guy who did it, did replace the display and microcontroller. So the only original, only part of the original tester is the shell. However, okay. getting so. Doom running and playable on a one twenty-eight by thirty-two pixel monochrome display at one BPP is still an impressive feat. So it's still it's all of his chips. It's not right. like it's the, not as cool still, as I thought. Then okay, I was it, gonna say it's still, it's man,
1: still pregnancy tests have come a long way. Let me let me tell you that you can play video games on them. Holy shit, crazy! <laughs> uh, but also, am I good?
0: Te- yes, no. <laughs>
1: Also in the tech news, uh, I wish it was that simple. Honestly, uh, NVIDIA GeForce 3000, 3000 series has been announced. In, I used to be a real uh, custom computer techie kind of guy. I used to research it like all the time. I used to be in tech support as a result. Uh, as of late, I haven't been. I I do I do research every time I build a PC, which is every few years. But I do pay attention to a lot of the big releases like the Intel CPUs. I don't pay attention to AMD. Don't, don't hate me. I just want to make it easier on myself. Uh, but NVIDIA GeForce 3000 The card is I wish I could show the picture. You guys need to Google this. It is fucking enormous. I'm looking at a picture on a motherboard and I cannot believe this is a thing, Cinderin. It's as big as an Xbox Series X. Xbox Sex. Enormous. It takes up like four slots on your motherboard. The the performance comparison, I think this is what caught me off guard more than anything. Of course, we haven't had actual real benchmarks, but the crazy thing is the third so it's the 3090, the 3080 and the 3070, all right? right. The 3090 is going to be $1500, which again, when they're first out there are roughly around that much, but the 3070, which is the lower end, is going to be faster than a 2080 Ti. 2080 Ti when it first came out was like thirteen fourteen hundred dollars. Yep. The 3070 is going to be like four
0: five hundred. That yep. is absurd value. Uh, and if you so, I mean, we're if if you look at the so the three different ones, the price, the benchmarks that they're priced on right now, at least is five hundred for three thirty seventy, seven hundred for thirty eighty, and fifteen hundred for thirty ninety. The best value increase in that step is clearly upgrading from 3070 to 3080. The upgrade to 3090 is, like if you look at the curve of it, right, it's just way more expensive for relatively, like relative to the price increase, a a minor increase in performance. It's not a minor increase in performance in general, but relative to how much you pay, you pay more than twice Hmm. for that little bit of of an increase uh, compared to... The increase you get from paying another two hundred dollars from thirty seventy to thirty eighty is actually bigger than the increase you get for paying the last eight hundred dollars. Keep, keep in mind, the graphic
1: that we're both looking at—you that you guys can't see—is a promotional thing. I'm pretty
0: sure it's not an actual benchmark. Okay. But it would be pretty stupid from them promotionally to announce that the thirty ninety was worse than it was. So well, so
1: I, okay. Well, let's not get into specifics. But the thirty seventy clearly is going to be better than the twenty eighty Ti, and that's the biggest news overall. Yeah, because. The 2080 Ti is still like if you have a 2080 Ti, which I do, you lost a lot of money. In theory, I mean, I've been using it for on two the years. Spot, though, so,
0: if you put me on the spot right now, and you were like, you need to upgrade your graphics card, I would get the 3080. I think that yep. would be the graphics card I would get now. I agree at, at this point in time.
1: Yep, because I just,
0: I mean, I don't know. Like, I feel like every time these new generations come out, like, do you get this? It's it's kind of the same thing with the 2080 versus the 2080 Ti, right? The 2080 Ti was like twelve hundred fifty dollars or something. And the 2080 was like 700, so it was almost twice as expensive. But the performance difference isn't like that big. It's generally the step up from when they bring them out in these triple pairs. It's the step up from one to two that seems worth it. Well, keep in mind and they're the step doing to three a. It's like for people that's really hardcore. I don't know. That if considered,
1: really I don't know it. if it's considered a staggered release, but they're not going to all be out at the same time. Obviously, 3090 will be out first, mm-hmm. and then I can't remember the order of the other two. But right, so that's also coming in. Yeah. I mean. For people that play Dota, this doesn't matter <laughs> unless you have like an ancient GPU.
0: You don't need this much to play Dota. It might matter for streaming with two hundred FPS <laughs> in okay. full HD.
1: Okay, I think that's fair enough. So if you have a card, moderate. I think
0: the one I have right now is the, I think I have the ten seventy. Um, I don't know how much worse it is than the ten eighty. Uh, it's definitely a difference. I don't know how big it is. I think when I stream full HD with my ten seventy, I have about hundred twenty FPS in game. So do you have a
1: what do you have a hundred forty four hertz monitor monitor? Yeah. So you don't so, need two hundred FPS then.
0: Oh, uh, it still matters. But I think What? Um it doesn't matter. It's like saying it matters. It doesn't matter.
1: I don't want to explain this to you, Cinderin. I'm just gonna say this. If you have a two hundred and forty hertz monitor, which are a thing yes. now, apparently. Yes. Then you want to set your FPS at two hundred like thirty eight. Like, do you actually, okay, I'm going to give you some tech advice right now. If you have that 144 hertz monitor, you want to set your frame rate to 140, okay?
0: Just pro- promise me you'll do that after this. Promise me. I can't explain to you exactly why, but it matters. Okay, I thanks, I don't Sindarin. know the technicalities behind it, but it I, You
1: sure don't. I know that for a fact.
0: Um, <laughs> if you have a 144 hertz monitor, there is a difference between playing a game at 240 FPS and at 144. There is a notable difference when you play and it's, I can't tell you why. I don't know the technicalities behind it, but there's a difference. Okay, moving on. The yes. final
1: thing we'll discuss, Cinderin. As long as you most, agree,
0: Shannon, it's fine. Then we can is move on.
1: It's the most hilarious.
0: <laughs> do you follow okay. tennis at all? Yes. Well, do you actually? I, not actively follow, but mm-hmm. I, it's one of the sports I know the most about, I guess.
1: That's interesting. I, I
0: watched much sports for a while.
1: I used to watch more than I do now. It, it is, I do like watching it. Uh, and yeah. I follow kind I don't of. follow
0: a sport. Let me rephrase that. I actually don't follow any sport except okay. esports, but I know so, a lot about tennis comparatively to other sports.
1: There is a player named Novak Djokovic. You've Novak heard of him. Novak Djokovic. Then. Yes, of course. So when you think of tennis, again, this is going to be probably a little outdated. Just forgive me. When you think of tennis currently, there are three players that come to mind for me in terms of the male. Okay. Uh you have Roger Federer who's a, obviously a legend somehow he's still playing but he's injured so he he's was not at US Open. A you have God. You have Rafael Nadal. Wait, is it Raphael Rafa- yep. Rafael? Is it? Rafael. Rafael, Rafael. Nadal. Yeah. Uh who is also a god. He's won a shit ton of majors as well as Federer. He was not really at the US play. Open because yep. of corona he didn't want to travel. So Novak Djokovic is the third. He's run. He's won a ton of majors as well. Not as much as them. He's trying to catch up, but he's younger. He's far younger. Mm -hmm. So this was basically a shoo-in to win the U.S. Open. Okay. So I I can't remember. I what round was this? This was the fourth round match. (laughs) He got a little bit upset. Okay. You guys would have to Google the video on this. And he hits the ball, and it ends up hitting a line judge behind him in the neck. Okay, and that. The woman doubles over in pain and just starts rubbing her neck, and they all, everybody surrounds her to make sure she's okay. So if you look at the replay, I mean, he might be a little upset, but it's definitely not on purpose, at least to my understanding, like the way I can see it. I don't know if you disagree. I no, but I agree. Apparently, there's something in the rules that says if you hit them with, I forget the actual wording. Was it, it wasn't ill contempt, but even if it's on, not on purpose, you will be ejected and disqualified from the tournament, which is exactly what happened. So the number 1 seed is gone because he hits <laughs> this line. <laughs> I mean I she's okay so I feel okay laughing. It is actually kind of funny. But it's it was a complete accident and he gets this call. What do you think right. about this? And
0: it's so So, it's so first strange. of all, first of all I'm super happy that they enforced the rules on the first seed. I think this is a tough call to make probably as the judge because you know this is like a fan favorite and a player that a lot of people, you know, are cheering yeah. for and care about. Uh it's even though it shouldn't be that way it's always harder to rule against favorites right like big players big names if this was like some player that nobody knew about then it's like nobody will care that much right Then they won't Mm -hmm. cause as much drama but making sure the rules are for everybody gets a huge thumbs up from me so that's really nice that they just followed the rules we can discuss whether it was the right ruling or not but the fact that they did it for anybody is good um I think what it says in the rules is... I don't know the exact wording, just like you said, but basically, if you recklessly shoot a ball without <laughs> consideration ball. of the people... like, <laughs> like you, you watch a lot recklessly of tennis. just Shoot a ball. <laughs> yeah, okay. if you recklessly just... If it hits someone, right? Like, So basically, Djokovic in the past has been close to doing this before, where he has yeah. been frustrated. There was an instance in another Grand... I don't know if it was a Grand Slam or in a, an ATP tournament or whatever, where he got angry and threw his racket behind his back. And it would have actually hit the line judge if the line judge didn't dodge mm. the racket. I saw a clip of that. I know he's a rager. I think if that,
1: that, if that would have,
0: have hit the line judge, he would have been DQ'd as well. I'm pretty sure yeah. about that. So that's kind of the line judge saving his ass, which is, you know, absurd. Right. Uh, and I think it's because tennis has like this root, like the cultural root of being a gentleman sport. And they're still trying to uphold that thing with like, I mean, at the same time, like it you're fucking you're you're putting someone in danger by being angry and shooting a ball behind yourself like to hit, hit a, a line right, judge that's or an whatever, interesting thing. Right? T- like, so i I
1: agree with you one hundred percent that I'm glad that they enforced this rule and they didn't hmm. bend over because it's number one seed. Now do you think it's a good rule? I think it's kind of that, weird. that's a different. That's a different story of course. I, I think if it's um. not on purpose if it's clearly not on purpose, there
0: should be some allowances made. like that's a rule you can probably I mean, yes, tweak. And, yes and no because if, like in a way the problem is if the rule is that it's about whether the person gets hit, right? Cuz then it's just a game of chance. It's about whether you are doing whether you're performing dangerous behavior to your surroundings. That's what right. should be the ruling, right? If what you're doing has a risk of injuring or hurting somebody on the field, then that's just not that's just not sport, you know? Unless it's in the rules, like in the NFL you're encouraged to smash each other, but in tennis you're not. Um so I mean, I don't know. I can see both perspectives. I think having the ruling or the rule rather be in protection of the people on the court. I think that's a good rule. And this guy should just stop fucking shooting balls around at risk of hitting people. If you're angry, hit your racket into the floor. If you really need to let out your frustration. Find a way that doesn't put other people in danger. Break
1: your racket next time. For God's John McEnroe
0: sake. used to walk up to the plants next to the net and fucking <laughs> smash them with a the racket Dude, and then he would John get a McEnroe warning. John
1: McEnroe is hilarious. And if
0: he did it and if he did it again, he got DQ'd and that <laughs> happened. Like, he has been DQ'd in the past because he, I wonder couldn't if keep he his temper.
1: holds the record but. for most DQs. I wouldn't be surprised.
0: He was a huge rager. But yeah. But you know, you, can, you can see what I mean, right? Like, yeah, I mean, it's unlucky and he didn't do it on purpose, but the fact that this could happen, the fault is 100% with him. Like, he shouldn't mm-hmm. ever put them at risk. It didn't really look like that good. hard
1: of a hit either,
0: though. I mean, yeah. in the way, it's kind of stupid. Like, think about the example I just pulled up where he threw his racket behind his back without looking and it would have hit the line judge straight should, up in the chest if that, that line one, judge hadn't dodged. That should one has been worse. DQ'd for that. That he one has been worse. DQ'd on the spot. Like, yeah. what the fuck? The fact that that wasn't DQ is kind of, you know, I don't know. That line judge has good
1: reaction time. She plays Valorant, obviously. You don't need good reaction time for Dota. That's for sure. And
0: the other thing is, how do you judge whether it's on purpose? Isn't it just safer to make the rules that you just don't do this shit? And if you do, you get disqualified.
1: It's true. It is. I mean, it can't be
0: that hard. I know know it can be hard to control your temper. If you really need to let out your frustration, do it in a way that doesn't put other people. I don't know
1: if you know this, but I recently broke my keyboard because I got so angry in Valorant. So it happens to the best of us, and I am the best. If Nikki
0: was standing behind you in that moment, would you have unplugged the keyboard and thrown it at her because you were angry? Or would you have smashed your keyboard with your hand?
1: I would never harm another human being or animal other than myself, Sindarin. My hand hurt quite a bit after that.
0: You are not getting disqualified from the World Championship in Valorant. Congratulations. You just need to bring extra keyboards. What if somebody's in the way
1: during my rage? Like if I'm doing this on my table and somebody's face is right here, I can't help that. Why is their face right here is the real question. Like, why the fuck are you here?
0: <laughs> yeah, line judge, why are you standing at the line? What the why, fuck? Why are Get you here? Get out of my way. I need to <laughs>
1: <laughs> I need to hit some. I mean, honestly, they should just put a punching bag behind him. That'll solve all the issues. He can bunch the, punch the shit out of it between sets or something. You know? Oh Give him some release, for God's
0: sake. <laughs> You were the line <laughs> judge it was in the way of my frustration that's a good oh, argument Honestly, i love it that's yeah that's great all right so let's I finish think he up should have with said, uh, he should have said that in his press statement that would have been fucking
1: <laughs> well he didn't have a press statement he got fined uh for not showing up i think twenty five thousand dollars, which again for him is nothing he also had to give up all his winnings of u.s open which i think was a quarter million which for quarter him was million also nothing time, yeah. Uh, yeah and obviously he can't doesn't compete in the rest of the tournament at all so i think that matters is the title here yeah for him so he's going to look back if he like whatever the end like the grand slam totals versus him sampras uh nadal federer all that he's going to look back when he's retired and it's like fuck that I could have added one, one more,
0: yeah. But um, actually, just a final comment on this. I did see a clip from a press, uh, from an interview he did. I don't know when that was, if it was years ago or last year or whatever. Maybe even earlier this year. Whereas one of the journalists asked him, it was after a tournament where there was an incident where he almost hit somebody or something, and hmm. Djokovic's response was kind of just kind of cocky. He was like, "Yeah, but I haven't been disqualified yet. I obviously." And I, I didn't do anything wrong. And they were like, don't, aren't you worried that this at some point will catch up to you and something will happen? He was like, well, it hasn't happened yet. It's not going to happen, right? <laughs> uh, and now it did. So it's uh, kind of like a, almost karmic uh, that now it actually did happen. Um, I, I don't remember what that interview was from, but I saw it last night. So, yeah. you know. All right. Well, let's if finish up. you keep playing with fire, you get burnt. That's how it goes. Yeah, something like that.
1: Let's finish up with a Something. Patreon mailback question from Nate thicko one Ham Scroats. <laughs> <laughs> That's the question. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, hello, Sunsfan and Cinderin. Cannot recall if you guys have talked about this before, but with the new announcer pack released in the Battle Pass, I was hoping you guys could discuss your favorite and least favorite announcer packs over the years. Love the podcast. Keep up the good content, boys. actually reminded me when he sent Thank me you. this, we never talked Very about
0: much. the new no. announcer pack. We didn't. Well, just quickly, I, I think it's really good. I'm using it now. What do you think? Yeah, I'm using this one too. But as far as making a ranking, I genuinely, I would leave that to you because I just don't know enough about the announcer packs. I haven't paid much attention. There's tons of them I don't have, I think. I don't even stupid, know how many are in the game by now.
1: That's a dumb response. What, what do you mean um, you don't know as much? You play the worst Dota.
0: one is the Techies one. Is there a Techies one? Uh, I think there might be.
1: Yes, there is. Techies yeah, Bombastic the Box. One. And what's the yes, best? That's the worst one.
0: The ones that you Probably use. Probably this one. I like the one right now, at least. I okay. like it with the, like, Majestic, uh, the current Majestic. I'm one. actually I'm having sure. a hard
1: time picking a least favorite. I think a lot of them are really good. Like, the first one I really liked was, of course, the Pyrian Flax announcer pack. It was yeah, God tier. Uh, Portal good. is really good. I think things that I don't like, like Dark Willow was very meh. And then some of the games that I don't know anything about that I don't care about, like, this, again... I'm sorry. I don't play other games. Darkest Dungeon, Stanley Parable, Trine. I don't know any of these games. I don't know. Oh, yeah. I used the Trine announcer for
0: quite a long time, actually. Oh, I know which one I don't like.
1: Specifically, I do not like the Defense Grid announcer pack. And it's not because I'm not familiar with the game, which is also true. I just don't like it. But How many are there, actually? There's a lot. The latest Voice of the International one, I like quite a bit. I'm using it now. I would say my favorites of all time are probably... like For Mega Kills, it's Gabe. There's no... I mean, come on. But I think Kunkka and Tidehunter is one of the best. And Dr. Kleiner is God tier. Love that okay, guy. Which
0: one is the best that never came out, but was... <clears throat> the like, Suns Fan announcer possible. pack. Seemed possible. Okay. There's actually a lot of really cool... Incorrect answer. In the you get one more guess. Which Wait, one's one is the best one that... Yeah, where somebody said they would do an announcer pack, but it never happened. The best one. I have no idea. Snoop Dogg.
1: Wait, he said? No.
0: He said, he tweeted that he would do an announcer pack. He was like, let's go, or whatever, mm. and it never happened. Somebody tweeted at him, and he was like, hell yeah, man, let's do it. And then maybe Valve told him it doesn't pay $20 million, and he was like, okay, well, I guess not. And
1: yes. Small fries for him, unfortunately. Yeah.
0: But yeah, Damn, overall. a Snoop
1: Dogg announcer pack would have been sick. I feel like I, I'm not hip Every enough to that. Every time you smoke up a seat, that.
0: dude. <laughs> <laughs> Every day.
1: All right. We'll just leave it there. Right. Thank, you. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, all right. So that brings us to the end of episode 69, Suns Fan and Cinderin Cinderin For this special 69 episode that is sponsored, did you watch
0: In Bruges? For this special 69 episode, you get a special no... Thank you. Do you have any plans to do it?
1: We'll see. We've had somebody offer their services to create a compilation, which we <laughs> in, will, in fact, post on YouTube, by the way. It actually, it's going to get a lot of dislikes, but I'm going to enjoy the process. So, appreciate that. All right. So, with that, we will bid everybody adieu. Suns fan, Sindarin signing out. Have a great rest of the week. Boys and girls, goodbye. We say things that don't mean anything, but thanks for listening.